Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Zen Up, a podcast produced by Sunbury Press's BookSpeak Network, and you are on episode 13. I am your host, Susan Kiskis. In this show, we bring two worlds together, wellness and spirituality. From yoga to Buddhism, healthy eating to turning dreams into reality, listeners will find themselves on a journey into their own virtual spiritual pilgrimage. If you want to continue the conversation after the show, please visit my Facebook page, Yogic Living with Susan, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at susankisskiss.com. My guest today is Dr. Sherry Off. From her work at Deepak Chopra Center in Southern California to her wellness practice in New York City, Sherry is sought after by clients from around the world. She has studied the healing arts globally from China to India, Peru, Thailand, and beyond, becoming steeped in ancient healing practices. Sherry is a licensed and certified doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She has a master's in herbology and is a board-certified Chinese herbalist, also with extensive training in Vedic and Western herbs. Sherry, welcome to Zen Up. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So let's start with just the basics for people that may not be familiar with what the term Eastern modalities are. Um, can you talk a little bit about what though, like different varieties of um, healing techniques? Well, e- Eastern is still a, a very broad-based umbrella term to be using um, because there are um, a few medicinal systems that come from the East. So Ayurvedic medicine from India is the oldest medicinal form in the world. And then I believe what we're going to talk more uh, predominantly about today is Chinese medicine. Um, so, you know, basically any, any part of the world came up the same way they have their own language, they came up with their own system of healing, um, which usually incorporated some kind of herbal medicine. People used the plants that grew around them. They figured out which ones were sweet to eat and which ones might help them with a cough, which ones might energize them, etc. So herbal medicine exists um, all over the globe. Um, the same way language or music do. And then when we talk about the East, we're going to talk about, you know, the herbal medicine that grew up there. You know, so Chinese medicine has its own system of herbs um, known as Chinese herbology, you know, or in India, Vedic herbs come from Ayurvedic medicine and so on and so forth. Um, In addition to herbal medicine, uh, many cultures around the world had – systems of uh, some sort of hand on, hands-on healing, you know, whether it be acupuncture or body work that we might think of as massage, utilizing oils or not, this sort of thing, or working with what's known as the chakra network of the body or the, the um, energetic spheres in the body. So, so most uh, places around the world also developed some form of body work. Now, in terms of Chinese medicine, um, I would say the main two pillars of healing would be herbs and acupuncture, but then there's also other forms of therapy. One is called moxibustion or moxa, and it is the burning of an herb over different um, points in the body, and it's a form of heat therapy, and it's generally used to bring more energy to the body, and it feels quite wonderful. Um, It's not a burning, it's just a a really um, enjoyable heat on the body. Um, 
there is also cupping, which, you know, became rather popular during the, the Summer Olympics with Michael Phelps because he showed up with these um, round, uh, what look like bruises, but they're not bruises. Um, they're actually more like hickeys where they're not sensitive to the touch, but it's just uh, increased localized circulation to a particular area. And cupping is often used for pain or just for sore muscles to increase circulation. It feels quite wonderful to have it done. Most of my clients say that cupping feels like it's sucking all the bad stuff out. Um, So it's not painful at all, and it's not painful after. Uh, Cupping can also be used for detox. It can also be used on the upper back for any kind of respiratory uh, congestion. Uh, Other forms of medicine from Chinese medicine is gua sha. Gua sha is a scraping technique, and it's usually done with a tool made of jade, and it's rubbed over the body, and it will also bring up a mark similar to the cupping that lasts maybe three to ten days. Again, it's not painful, and it's a system that's used for many of the same things cupping's used for, pain, detox, congestion, that sort of thing. Acupuncture is probably, you know, the one that we hear about the most and, um, and, and the most widely used and the most popular. And acupuncture is the insertion of hair fine needles into the body at particular points in the body known as acupuncture points. And acupuncture points are a meeting place of blood, lymph, and nerve, and also a place where it's easy to access the fascial network of the body. So the fascia is your body's connective tissue. It's what gives our body shape, and it's what and it's the reason why we love to say everything's connected. So the acupuncture needles interact with the fascial network of the body to send messages to the brain that alter brain chemistry in a variety of ways depending on what you're trying to do. So one of the most common uses for acupuncture is pain. And what acupuncture can do for pain is it can send messages to the brain that stimulate the release of your body's natural opiates, your body's natural painkillers called endorphins and encephalins. It also can increase circulation locally, which can be really good for releasing tight muscles. And it's also a natural anti-inflammatory. So right now in America, we're, you know, we're in, a, in an opioid crisis, you know, and people are really looking for natural remedies for pain. So acupuncture um, as well as chiropractic are now being seen as the first line of defense for pain. So before you go on any kind of painkillers, you want to give these natural healing modalities a chance first because they're safer. Um, But acupuncture works for a multitude of things, not just pain. So some of the other messages it can send to the brain to alter brain chemistry is acupuncture can lower cortisol levels, and cortisol is your body's stress hormone. It can also increase serotonin and dopamine levels, 
which are your body's happy hormones. So acupuncture is being widely used today for stress, anxiety, and even depression. Um, And these are things that, you know, we're all walking around with and we all need help with. And this is a natural way to get that health, uh, that help without any kind of side effects um, or addictive prescription medications. Um, And then in addition, acupuncture is really good for balancing hormone levels. So a lot of women are turning to acupuncture for help with things as varied as PMS, fertility, and menopause. One of the things that's nice about acupuncture is that it has so many use cases. So in addition to what we've just discussed, um, you know, it's also good for digestion, it's good for sleep, and um, it's good for, um, it has many cosmetic uses. So another major use case in America for acupuncture is facial rejuvenation. Using acupuncture on the face to boost collagen and elastin levels. So collagen is, um, it it plumps the face to reduce wrinkles. um, And elastin firms the face, so it, it tightens it and tones it. So a lot of people are using acupuncture for anti-aging and cosmetic purposes on the face. And again, this is a very natural um, way to do this, you know, that doesn't have side effects that are negative or anything like that. Um, In fact, it has positive side effects in that when you get facial rejuvenation done, you're also relaxing the muscles of the face. And we all carry a lot of tension in our faces. You know, it's really common for people to have tight jaws or to have tension around the eyes from staring at a screen. And a lot of times that tension can give us headaches and, and other, um, have other negative effects. So facial rejuvenation is really nice because you'll look better, but you'll feel better too. That's amazing. I actually had not heard um, about that in particular. Um, And I really appreciate you actually talking about all the different ways that acupuncture can help support one's health, because I think a lot of people are unaware of all the different facets of how acupuncture can support many different um, functions and health conditions in the body. Um, Years ago, I had a wellness center and there was an acupuncturist um, that was there and we had a group from a local college that would come in once a year and they uh, would be studying um, Eastern modalities. And so we had, um, different uh, little like mini workshops. And I remember there was a group of 10 students one year um, that wanted to experience acupuncture. And so, you know, we first discussed a little bit about the, the background of acupuncture and just like one little needle. And it was very fascinating to watch everyone have this initial fear of acupuncture because it's a needle. But in the end, the students actually just said that that they didn't feel it, you know, the, the needle go in, it was really fascinating for them to just kind of watch this and, and they could, you know, and half of them could feel something in their body happening, um, whether that's energetic or just, um, you know, physically, half, uh, physiologically happening in their body. And it's just really interesting to watch people who have this fear of needles, but then when they experience it, don't, you know, there's not, they want to come back for more because that initial fear is taken over by a sense of relaxation that occurs. Have you seen that with a lot of your new clients? 
Oh, yes. This is something that that I've encountered for decades. Um, You know, look, the fear of needles is deeply ingrained in us because we're vaccinated as babies. So, um, you know, and, and that's our first introduction to needles. These needles are huge. Hypoderm, you can fit 40 acupuncture needles into one hypodermic needle. Wow. A hypodermic needle is meant to inject something, like a vaccination, or draw blood. So it's a hollow needle. These needles aren't hollow. They're solid. And they're literally the size of a human hair, and depending on the hair, sometimes even smaller than a hair. Um, So this is a whole new relationship with needles. And I find that once the first needle goes in, there's a sigh of relief and we're on a whole different path with Mm -hmm. needles. You know, the first one goes in and and I'll usually tell someone, okay, it's in, and they'll go, oh, I didn't even feel it, you know. (laughs) You know, or they're like, oh, that's it, you know, and they're like, okay, I get it, you know. Um, I live in New York City. It's really common for women to go and get their eyebrows waxed in New York. And to me, that is an extremely painful thing to do. Acupuncture is not painful. Acupuncture is quite enjoyable. It's really common to fall asleep during an acupuncture session. You know, the needles go in, you're relaxing on the table for 20, 30 minutes, and it is often the best nap of your life. You know, so, um, you know, people get over it pretty quick. You know, even even the most strong fear of needle cases, they get over it quick because this is a whole new this is a whole new relationship with needles. So, how did you actually come to um, find your your niche, your path in this? What was it? Something that um, in your early twenties you experienced acupuncture cupping yourself, and that's what led to it, or was it travel? Could you share your story? Sure. Um, I first had acupuncture when I spent a summer in Japan as a foreign exchange student, and I loved it. And I knew I wanted to be in a healing profession. I knew I wanted to help others. And, um, you know, this was the early 90s, and I was thinking about becoming, um, you know, I got a a typical pre-med degree, um, and was thinking about going to medical school and just being a very cool doctor who helped bridge um, Eastern and Western. Um, But I also knew that acupuncture school was four years. And ultimately, I just decided to take a leap of faith and to do something that at the time was quite radical because acupuncture was not very recognized then. And um, I started acupuncture school and I've never looked back since and it's just been a wonderful journey and I've loved to see how wellness has just become more and more popular. You know, um, I think people are really taking strides to take care of their health and live in a way that integrates more prevention. Um, I think people are eating better. I think people are exercising more and I think if they start integrating acupuncture and herbs into their life, it's like this final pillar of wellness. 
Yeah, absolutely. New Hope Magazine did recently um, a survey, and I was um, fortunately privy to seeing the results um, when it came out before it was, um, I think, more publicly released. And one of the top three things that people are focusing on with their health is prevention, which is, to me, a huge change in the way that um, our culture has operated for the past maybe 20 years, where it was mostly reactionary. And, um, and we're so, we were so used to the habit of going to a doctor, getting a diagnosis, getting you know, a treatment, and then, uh, and then dealing with that way. But now people are, as you said, really seeking to um, prevent, um, prevent different health conditions before they, they appear when, when it's possible and trying to focus on going to doctors for more acute issues. Um, so I love that you're talking about also about this growth in acupuncture because Acupuncture is huge in Europe, and it's been really growing over the past 10, 20 years in the U.S., so much so um, that I think that, you know, the time is really wonderful to to have this conversation about going beyond this, you know, this basic understanding of acupuncture is where you lay on a table and have needles, but you're talking about, um, you know, pain, you know, as being one of the primary um, focuses of acupuncture. So can you talk to me a little bit about what you think it, um, are the reasons why Eastern modalities, whether it's acupuncture or cupping or moxie, has become more uh, popular and prevalent in the U.S.? Uh, what are the driving factors of that? It works. It works. And it works <laughs> for a lot of things that we don't have answers for, um, you know, because – you know, it has grown in popularity because of the consumer. Um, and I would say initially what I saw a lot in the 90s was people going to it because they had tried everything else and nothing else worked for them. So it was sort of last resort. And it's so nice to, like, fast forward to today where it's like now we're saying it's the first line of defense for pain. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the first place you should go because it's the safest place to go. It's good for a lot of chronic conditions. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not here to put down Western medicine at all. You get in a car accident, go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And then come to the acupuncturist for rehab after that. You know, I think there's a lot of ways that the two medicinal systems work very well in tandem. Um, one thing to your point about prevention and reactionary medicine is, you know, in ancient China, you saw your acupuncturist when you were well, because Chinese medicine is a system that's based on health. It's not a disease-based system, uh, system like Western medicine. So you saw your acupuncturist when you were well, and it was your doctor's job to keep you well. And if you got sick, you came for free because your doctor had failed you. And it's just a really different way of looking at it, you know. So I would say um, a lot of times what does happen, though, a typical consumer journey with acupuncture is that you go because you have some pressing complaint. My lower back hurts. My shoulders hurt. I have TMJ. I have carpal tunnel, something like that. And then you go and you realize, wow, I'm sleeping better. My digestion's better. I feel good not yelling at my kids as much or something like that. And then, and then people stick around for the maintenance and mm -hmm. they really integrate acupuncture into their lives in a beneficial way. 
And, you know, it's so true about what you said, too, in terms of, like, how it makes you feel. One of the comments I'll hear from um, people is that if whether they're taking um, an herbal supplement or they're doing a yoga asana class is, you know, how do they know if it's actually working for them? And just from personal experience, I can attest to this. Sometimes you don't know really how much it helped you until you stop. And then usually really quickly, you can see the difference in your body of recognizing how much what that healing modality that you were doing actually supported you. And not to say that people should experiment like that, but, um, you're, you know, one of the things we're talking about here is that continual support of, um, you know, of, uh, you may come in for an entry because of an issue, but to have this ongoing maintenance with acupuncture is something that I know I've heard in the past as well. So how often should people come? And I'm not sure if you actually would be able to talk to me a little bit about what, what do you usually see as daily maintenance for someone with acupuncture? Like, is it like a massage where once a month is, is good to support it? Or does it really depend on the individual person? Well, results expectation is huge um, because, you know, depending why, of why you're coming in, you know, you may, like if you have chronic migraines and you've had them for years, you're not going to go to acupuncture once and be magically cured. It's probably something in that case that you'd want to go every week for like 10 weeks, you know, and, and really have a deeper healing experience with acupuncture. And it will take that time and that commitment to get you better. Um, so I think it's really important for the consumer to understand that, you know, it's like peeling back an onion and there's layers of disease to get through and it takes time to build health. So mm -hmm. with chronic longstanding conditions, it will take longer to get on top. The nice thing is, is with every session, you know, table stakes with acupuncture, you're going to leave feeling relaxed and rejuvenated. You know, it's not a medical appointment that people dread. It's a different kind of medical appointment where you really look forward to going, similar to how you look forward to going and getting a massage. So that's really nice, you know. And then ultimately, it's just something you should integrate into your life in general. And I would say minimum once a month, and I would say ideal is you go every week, you know. Um, and then sometimes, you know, if you're in acute pain, like you just threw your back out um, and you can't move, you might go to acupuncture every day for a couple of days, you know, to really get on top of it and feel better. Also, you were uh, mentioning um, earlier there's also an emotional aspect of acupuncture too where it can help support um, one's mental, emotional state. Um, can you talk a little bit about the various um, uh, positive ways that acupuncture can influence our mood? Yeah. I mean, you know, just kind of going back to what I said earlier in the podcast, you know, it's going to lower cortisol, increase serotonin and dopamine. You know, so a lot of the issues we're having today are around mental health. You know, we're just, we're overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, I would say, you know, stress is an epidemic, you know, as our anxiety and depression. And so, um, Acupuncture is all about bringing balance to the body. It's all about bringing the body into homeostasis. So mm -hmm. it's going to help promote hormonal balance um, and alter brain chemistry to be in a more relaxed and even state of mind. 
And for those of you that and are I think listening it's right something now, that it does really well. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, you have um, on your website, um, which is um, Sherry Auth, S-H-A-R-I-A-U-T-H.com. If you click on press, there's a wonderful article um, that you have linked there by Bustle. And it, it says, uh, let's see here, I think it's the seven ways acupuncture changes your brain according to science. Um, and I, and I, you know, I love that it actually talks about um, some of the things that you're bringing up about the painkillers, the blood flow, and then it actually talks about anxiety. So in the article, um, it does say a 2013 study published in the evidence-based complementary and alternative medicine, quote, acupuncture has clinical efficacy on various autonomic nerve-related disorders. Um, and one of the things that it talks about there is anxiety and nervousness in that quote. Um, and so I love the fact that you really are helping to bridge something that um, a lot of people, if they've heard about it, maybe have heard about it from an energetic perspective with the Chinese meridians and chi. And you are talking about all these wonderful um, you know, health benefits that we can understand and relate to with Western medicine, because we're very much about what's happening with this body, the blood, the bones, the tissue. And, um, and I love the fact that you are able to, to share the information, to educate your clients and, um, and for people that are listening today about that. And for anyone that's interested in reading more, um, uh, Dr. Auth has these wonderful articles um, listed in her press section um, that she, of course, has um, been interviewed for. So thank you so much for, um, for that. Um, with Moxie, that is something I think that a lot of people are not familiar familiar with. I know for me, I'm used to Moxie smelling it <laughs> from a room in the office. Um, and could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, but just quick correction. It's called Moxa. M-O-X-A. Moxa. I'm so sorry. Moxa. Yeah, you, and um, and and you know the longer term that people might hear is moxibustion, which is just bustion just means to combust and so to burn it. So um, moxa is it's an herb called mugwort, and basically you there's there's moxa sticks, there's moxa cones, there's all kinds of ways to use moxa. You light the herb with the moxa stick. You you'll light a stick of the herb. And you'll hover it over the body, you know, maybe one inch, two inch, depending on how hot the stick is. And um, you may use a variety of techniques with the stick, depending on what you're doing, you know, moving it in a clockwise direction or holding it still over a point. And it's meant to bring heat to that point, which brings energy to that point. And it's quite relaxing. Um, It does have a smell. And, um, you know, it is smoke, you know, so, so usually acupuncturists take that into consideration. They'll have things to eat the smoke or a window open or, or something like that. Yeah, I personally, I, I personally enjoyed the, <laughs> the smell of that. So I'm curious, mugwort, um, is there a particular reason why mugwort is used? Uh, it's just one of the herbs that, that, you know, it, it's it's really been used for thousands of years because it's so good at bringing energy to the point. And then you were talking I, about... I don't cupping. have a more scientific answer for that one. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Um, and then cupping, you were mentioning earlier about um, about the, um, the tissue, about bringing um, circulation, you were saying, to the area? 
Yeah, cupping is definitely going to increase circulation locally to a particular area. Yeah, and it's so what cupping does is it's creating negative pressure on the tissue. Um, so when you get a massage, it's positive pressure on the tissue. You're pushing down on the tissue, and that's going to stretch it. So this is just the opposite. You're pulling the tissue up, and by doing that, you're stretching the tissue, both the fascia and both the muscles. And then you're drawing blood to that area. And a lot of times where we have pain is an area of low circulation. You know, so that's why things like massage make it feel better. That's why things like cupping make it feel better. And I've seen cupping a lot of times done on the back. Is that generally where it's done? Or is it, are there other places on the legs that can be done or the arms? You just need to do it somewhere where it's fleshy enough because if you try to cup over somewhere that's bony it's hard to get the suction so it's most commonly done on the back and shoulders but it can be done on the thighs um, and then it's just harder to get the suction you need on the arms or on the lower legs you can do the back of the calves but one of the trends I really love right now is face cupping. Now, face cupping is a different type of cup. It's much smaller, and you rub face oil on, and then you find the suction in the face cup, and you drag it along the skin of the face. And it's, again, really good for building collagen and elastin and increasing circulation, which is going to help with cellular renewal of the face. And so, and, and it's good for detox of the face too. And so, we all know that the more detox the cells of our face are, the clearer our complexion is. So, uh, face cupping is also quite wonderful. But people should not try to do this at home. This is actually something that you have to be trained to do. For face cupping? No, for face actually, cupping? Um, you know. So, I started a new clinic in New York called Within, W T H N. And the website is WTHN.com. And we just opened last month. And one of the things we're looking to do it within is to make acupuncture more accessible. So we really found that it was like a high-end, low-end market. A lot of practitioners in private practices, um, price points a little higher. And then on the other side, Chinatown community clinics that are taking the price point down, but the environments can feel more foreign for people. And so we've created a beautiful center and we're really, and and we've got a a very fair price point um, that is much lower than what people are are charging in New York for private practice. And um, we're just looking to make acupuncture more accessible by really answering questions that people have about acupuncture, letting them know how to integrate acupuncture into their lives and also um, make it, you know, with a price point that's more attainable for people. So we've just created a DIY face cup kit. Um, Oh, wow. It's available. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little booklet how to do it, and it's definitely, it's a home routine, and you can do it on your own. Um, It's very safe. Um, We also have a facial gua sha system and a face roller system. Um, they'll be available online in January, but they're available in our shop now. Um, 
you know, or if you call the shop, they could they could mail you a set of face cups. So no, it's absolutely a, a DIY home treatment. Um, but that being said, you could, could go see a practitioner and pay for someone to do it to you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I and love I think that you're the doing more that. we can take. Thanks. I think the more that we can take these therapies into our own hands and integrate them into the, our lives, the better. Absolutely. One of the things, like um, I, I, and then probably I don't know if your experience in India is, is that there's a lot of Indian healing modalities that you're able to, or Ayurvedic that you're able to incorporate at home. So there's the self-massage, Abhyanga using oil, um, you know, the Nasi oil treatment. Whether you're just using your pinky finger to lubricate the inside of your nose or a dropper into your nose, um, and I, and I, and in Thailand, right, it's the Thai massage. And so you're able to um, do some Thai massage on your feet and your hands yourself um, and then also to, you know, be able to do that with a partner. So I like the fact that you are actually introducing cupping, though, to people to be able to do at home. I think that's fantastic because it's very empowering for people who are wanting to be proactive in their health and wanting to learn more about what they can do in their daily regimen. 100%. Yep. So what are other things that people can do then at home to help support their health? Um, is there uh, Chinese herbs that you can suggest? Um, I was just going to people- say that. Take your herbs. You know, with Chinese herbs, they work great, but they only work if you take them. So, um, you know, really being mindful of your herbal routine is important. Um, the same way we take our vitamins every day, you know, or may or may not, you know, it's the same adage. You want to take your herbs every day. You know, whether you're taking herbs to transform your health or maintain your health, um, I've taken herbs every day for, gosh, 27 years, you know. Um, yeah, that's a, a great thing that everybody should be implementing on their own at home. So now in Ayurveda, there's like the top three, you know, that's usually um, people start with, which is holy basil, ashwagandha, and turmeric. Are there like um, a top three with uh, Chinese herbs that people usually start out with? Or is it really um, specific to individuals and what's going on with their body? I think I I would rather say it's more custom to what you're trying to do. And mm-hmm. I think it's better to take a formula. I don't know if I would have picked those three from Vedic. I probably would have put Trifala in there. Um, mm-hmm. T-R-I-P-H-A-L-A. Trifala is a wonderful formula of three herbs that is great for digestion uh, and detox and supporting your colon. And it's just a wonderful formula that people could take every day. And I think rather than shout out um, Chinese herbs in particular, I would rather shout out Chinese formulas in particular. Um, You know, there's one called Jade Screen, Yuping Feng Song, that is a combination of three herbs that is wonderful for uh, immunity. So, and it's the kind of thing you want to start taking, you know, four weeks before cold season or allergy season or a couple weeks before you travel to really boost your immune system before you need it. And where are places that you can suggest for people to find um, these formulas? 
Well, uh, sorry to give another plug, but what we but we I am launching my own line of herbal formulas. They'll be available in January, oh, and we are doing the jade screen that I just mentioned. We've added reishi mushroom to it, which is a super immune booster, and it's all organic. Um, and and that's quite significant because a lot of these herbs coming from China, um, quite frankly, they're not organic, and um, and. You know, I don't know how much the quality control is there. So I would say when you're going to go look for herbs, the same way it's important to eat organic produce, um, also look for organic herbs. Um, but herbs are readily available. You know, the, the health food store, a lot of the good health food stores, there's somebody there that can help guide you into what's right for you. Um, you know, and then they're available online and that sort of thing. Mm, but definitely f- go the extra step and try to find organic. And for those people that are listening that would like to find out more about your line, is that information going to be available on your website? Yeah, we are launching the herbs in January at uh, within.com, so WTHN.com. And if you just get on our mailing list, we'll we'll ping you when they're available. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, so any last thoughts on what uh, can Eastern modalities give people that um, that Western cannot or top books to read for people that are really starting to get into learning more about this? Hmm. I would say like the web that has no weaver is a really basic Chinese medicine um, book. And then something that's come out more recently that's talking more about the mechanism of how acupuncture works is The Spark in the Machine. That's a great book. Um, but I think more than, you know, I, I think it's important to find an acupuncturist in your area and start and get an acupuncture and cupping and start integrating these techniques into your life and then get an herbal recommendation, whether it's from the acupuncturist or um, from a very knowledgeable person at a health food store, or I know we're going to have all this herbal information on our website at Within um, and, and formulas that you can easily integrate into your life for whether it's skin or digestion or immunity or sleep um, or energy, this kind of thing. Um, and we've put a lot of work into you know, doing the scientific research and seeing where that matches up with the traditional knowledge to create formulas that will be really beneficial for people. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom um, on on Chinese medicine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, And if anybody has any questions, um, they can contact me either through my website or on Instagram at Dr. Sherry Oss. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And again, you can find out more information at shariauth.com or wthn.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your wonderful day.